It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to The World in 10, the big news stories of the day, explained and analysed by The Times of London, today with Stuart Willey and Lou Newton. First, we head to the Middle East to look at how the deaths of US soldiers could cause tensions to spill over. The killing of three U.S. troops in a drone attack in Jordan has ratcheted up tensions in the Middle East, and there are worries today the conflict could spread further. President Biden last night blamed Iran-backed militant groups for the deaths and has vowed reprisals. Iran denies any direct connection to the attack. Here, the spokesman for Iran's foreign ministry says the baseless accusations are a projection, a conspiracy to drag America into an escalating regional war. He says Iran doesn't tell resistance groups what to do. Resistance groups is seen as an Iranian code phrase for the network of militias the country supports across the Middle East. And those groups have been blamed for nearly 160 attacks on US bases since the conflict in Gaza began. This is the first one of those attacks that has killed US troops, though. Speaking this morning on MSNBC, the White House National Security Spokesman John Kirby said the response will be careful and deliberate. Obviously, we have now three families, three American families that got the worst possible news over the weekend, and now 30 more uh, uh, others that are injured, some of them seriously. Uh, We're going to take this seriously as well. We certainly know Iran's back in these groups. Uh, We we know that they are resourcing, they're supplying, in some cases they're providing information that allows these groups uh, to do this. We're taking that very seriously. We don't want a wider war with uh, with Iran. We don't want a wider war in the the region, Uh, but we got to do what we have to do. The group that appeared to claim credit for the attack is the Islamic Resistance in Iraq, a loose collection of pro-Iran insurgent groups. They said it was a reaction to US military presence and Palestinian death toll in Gaza. The Times' Washington correspondent, Alistair Dorber, told me about the calculations going on inside the White House today. I think they need to show two things. One, that the military action they're taking uh, will prevent this sort of thing happening again. They want to show the Iranians that they can't get away with using proxies in the region to target U.S. interests. But they'll also want to show to a domestic audience that they're being tough. I mean, don't forget that we're in in an election year. Many Republicans have already come out and blamed Joe Biden specifically for what happened over the weekend. Some have articulated a view that the Americans should be going after 
targets inside Iran, inside Tehran. But I think that Joe Biden will attempt to be moderate uh, in his response, but hit those responsible very, very hard. With the Times Digital subscription, you can find out more about Tower 22. That's the US base near the Jordan-Syria border where these deaths happened. And learn more about the role it plays in the supply routes moving Iranian weapons between the group's sitbacks. Vladimir Zelensky has voiced his concern about the potential of a third world war. The Ukrainian president is concerned that the war in Ukraine will spread further afield if the West doesn't continue to supply aid to help contain Russia's aggression or if Putin decides to attack a NATO country. And the West seems to be seriously planning defensive action in case they have to tackle an aggressor. The US and Europe have been considering a scenario where Russia strike deep behind the Ukrainian front lines to damage civilian and military infrastructure that would be necessary if NATO went to war. One of the people playing a key role in preparing for a potential attack like that is Lieutenant General Alexander Solfrank. He's commander of NATO's military logistics centre in southwest Germany. He told the Times' Oliver Moody that a war would include multifaceted attacks. We have to assume that an aggressor will use the, the whole spectrum, non-kinetic and kinetic uh, force, in order to destroy lines of communication. And uh, that ranges from sabotage acts through electronic warfare, cyber, to kinetic uh, possibilities through missiles, drones and whatever. He also urged allies to remove red tape around the movement of troops and equipment to make it easier to use one another's weapons if an all-out war broke out. And Brigadier General Ronald Reagan is a chief in the US Army. He's based in West Germany and handles logistics for Europe and Africa. And he's told a military conference in Berlin that NATO isn't looking for a war but has to prepare for an aggressor. But if we don't think about being contested, shame on us. You know, why would the enemy allow us to put 10 divisions in 10 days anywhere and build that type of combat capability against him, of which he's going to have to fight? And we as a coalition have have to think through how do we operate in that environment? How do we operate when our convoys are contested? How do we operate when our railways are interdicted? And you can read more about what both generals had to say on the Times' website now. A new study has revealed a somewhat unexpected way a group of people developed Alzheimer's disease. It's given us the first evidence that Alzheimer's can be acquired medically. Five people appear to have developed the disease after having a donor procedure. These people had all been treated as children with a type of human growth hormone taken from dead donors. They were given the treatment because they were considered to be considerably shorter than the average height of their peers. The kind of treatment was stopped in the 1980s because some batches were contaminated with infectious proteins, which caused some cases of Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, or CJD. It's a fatal condition that affects the brain. Tom Whipple as the Times' science editor, and he explained how the research identified that those who didn't get CJD developed Alzheimer's and that's likely because of the transmission of a toxic protein that causes the disease. 
these five people who didn't get CJD did go on to get Alzheimer's extremely early in life, and they didn't have the genes that would predispose you to get Alzheimer's early in life. And so the most likely cause is that the the protein involved in Alzheimer's was, in a sense, seeded from the, the corpse growth hormone and then developed slowly in their brain and spread and formed these plaques which cause the disease that we we know as Alzheimer's. Um, This is the first time that there's been pretty good evidence of human transmission of Alzheimer's disease. It gives us an insight into how the disease might spread within someone's brain. We didn't really know anything about this kind of transmission before and it's relatively clear that it has been spread between humans due to taking this growth hormone from the pituitary gland of corpses. This tells us something about its mechanism of action. Tom is very clear there's absolutely no suggestion the disease can be passed on in day-to-day life. This music might make you shudder. It's the theme heard at the start of Thomas and Friends, a popular show for small children about a group of sometimes naughty trains. And the creator of the toddler favourite has criticised a new American reboot, saying it tarnishes the original and hitting out at Mattel, the toy company that now owns the brand. Britt Allcroft adapted the show from a series of books that were started in 1945, but she says the new episodes just don't have the same magic. If she could wave a magic wand, her version would come back. And it's not the first time the show has come under some criticism. One writer said the coal-powered steam trains were anti-environmental, and that life on the fictional island was colonial, overseen by the dictatorial fat controller. (laughs) Body positivity campaigners were happy that he was renamed in the American version of the show, but the new series features some new characters and a new type of animation. One of the new characters is called Bruno the Brake Car, and he's neurodiverse. It was a busy weekend for cricket, and for once, attention was on the long form of the game, where matches can run for five days, but sometimes give us a great spectacle. There were two big matches on, England playing India and Australia playing the West Indies. The world's biggest teams, but the man who wowed everyone was a 24-year-old from Guyana. Shemar Joseph is his name, and his story is inspirational. Playing for the West Indies team, he took them to a victory over Australia, taking a wicket with his first ball. That's a feat only 22 men have ever achieved in test cricket before. And his celebration was joyful. 18 months ago, though, he was working as a security guard. He hails from a very remote village where he'd once been a lumberjack. His family encouraged him to give up his job to pursue a career in professional cricket, and he hasn't looked back. He had only played nine professional matches before this tour of Australia. The West Indies has brought us some of the most inspirational players in cricket, but in recent years they've been well and truly the underdogs. After their victory, Mr Joseph said, I'll remember this day for the rest of my life. But it's likely we'll hear a lot more from him in the years to come. Thank you for taking 10 minutes to stay on top of the world with the help of the Times of London. See you tomorrow.